Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! with you on a Thursday morning. We are glad to be with you here. We appreciate you guys tuning in at supertalk.fm and wherever you're getting podcasts from. We are always glad to have you on board with us, especially the servicemen and women who take care of us all at all times. Joel, Joel and I provide MSU information at all times. That is nothing. What they do is a far greater sacrifice. Yeah, I think, and that, it's at all times. I think that defending our country and, and our rights mm-hmm. and our way of life, and, and it's, all, it's it's if you rank it, it's slightly ahead of us. It is definitely ahead of us, but it's also we have something <laughs> in common. Very much so ahead because of us. they defend the greatest country in the world, and we produce the greatest podcast in the world. Which is why you should go right now wherever you're doing and go give us a. Five-star review. Absolutely. Over there and take care of us. We appreciate that. Don't don't ever forget, you can run us down like nobody's ever been run down before in the comment. Yeah. But the review, five Five stars. stars. Make that happen. Want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, I had to fight myself. I had to fight the urge for Churn and Spoon today. Yeah. It sounds bad. Like, I should be telling you how I ate it and it was delicious. And it would have been. But, like, I can't do that. I'm trying, you know. I gotta recommit to that. I've been, I've been, I've been slacking a little bit. Yeah. So, so you fought the urge, huh? I fought it successfully. So I yeah, went I mean, to Baskin Robbins instead. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you got, uh, you got Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up. You got to save, yeah. some, you got to save some calories. Oh, no doubt about that. No question. Uh, so churn and spoon, and uh, and of course, Strange Brew Coffee House. Where Joel probably did not fight that urge today, if I had to guess. Uh, I had my uh, usual blueberry cobbler, and it was delicious. There you go. It was great. Also want to thank our good friends over at College Corner, uh, taking care of us there. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com or go to either one of their two locations, either by Fleet Feet in Ridgeland, or, of course, you can go by the Half Shell in Flowood. Check out their large select, largest selection in central Mississippi of MSU merchandise. Again, when you come to Starkville in the next three weeks, you don't want to have to spend your time at those other stores waiting in line. You want to be at the tailgate. You want to be in the junction. You want to be in the stadium. So shop at College Corner. Shop online at collegecornerstore.com and pick something out for yourself and for your loved ones. All right. We had a request the other day. I think we actually had a request uh, today. One of our listeners was thankful for answering his question about recruiting. And we've had some people in the past couple weeks say, hey, well, let's, let's talk recruiting. And this seems like as good a time as any, right? Especially, you know, this weekend, bye weekend, no game. That's what the staff's going to be doing. They're going to be out on the recruiting trail uh, trying to add to this class, which we have to be pretty honest, there's not a whole lot of room left to add to. Uh, Mississippi State currently sitting at uh, 21 commitments. So they've made so they've made a little bit of room. They've had a couple of guys drop out of the class in recent days, uh, Namely, let me get the uh, names. Devontae McCray is obviously one who just pa- dropped out. We, we, we discussed him at length in the rumblings that he is a guy that, you know, was, was going to be sort of processed out and had, had to go on. Uh, and then recently, Tamarian McDonald, uh, about two weeks ago, decommitted from Mississippi State. I think he's now committed to Tennessee. Not a whole lot of decommitments in this class. You had, you know, Trenton Yao was the guy who committed. I think he committed way too early. He committed as a sophomore. And uh, and then decommitted. EJ Mason's a guy who on the on the surface looks like he got some bad advice. Was told to decommit, explore his options a little bit. Those options have not popped up in the way he would want. Then you have a uh, Lediatric Lydi- Griffin Tulu, who decommitted and committed back in. And then Alex Adams, the big receiver out of South Pike, who still has Mississippi State amongst his favorites. A lot of talk about him. A lot of chatter that academically you're going to see him at a junior college. 
probably next season. So State will have the opportunity, regardless if he commits or not. If, if I were, this is one of those things, and I, we've mentioned it on the show before, and I can't stress it enough. I think you agree with me. If you are marginal academically, commit. Commit somewhere. Yeah. Get on their plan. Get them to help you. And then at the, at the last second, if you want to not go there, you don't have to. But get the help. It, it doesn't make any sense for a player like Alex Adams. Talented player. Could easily have offers from all the top schools. But because his the academics are an, an issue, teams are going to back away from that. And it doesn't make sense for him not to at least have gotten in with a school and gotten on a plan, which is what – that's what these schools do. They provide a, an avenue. They provide an opportunity. They provide a plan to get you eligible. If you're not committed to them, though, they don't have any any motivation to do that. So it just drives me crazy. Every year you hear about these guys like, well, he's not going to make it academically. Commit! If Alex Adams had stayed committed to Mississippi State, I would have zero doubt that he would be eligible to play come uh, next season. Well, the problem is that a lot of these guys want – they see their buddies you know, having the big – all the attention and stuff, and they want to be that highly recruited guy too kind of thing. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys – I'm just putting myself in that position. If I saw my buddies taking these visits and trips and things like that, I'd kind of want to be courted a little bit too, you know. The problem is the situations for these guys are all different. And like you said, if if there's any issue, you know, commit. Hop on the boat. Let let them help you uh, be able to to play SEC football because I'm, I'm like you. I, you feel like it, had he stayed committed that that – that path would have would be a lot closer for him now. Yeah. But anyway. And then also in the class right now, like the 21 commitments, sort of similar to uh, Devontae McRae, they expect uh, Colin wide receiver J- John Corice Patterson to sort of go the same path, that he and Mississippi State have sort of parted ways, but nothing's been made official yet, and they're just sort of waiting. You know, And this is one of those things we talked about the other day, that it's not like Joe Moorhead can just come out and say, we are, we are no longer, he is no longer committed to us. He can't say anything. So it's going to look like when he makes his, you know, I've decided to reopen my recruitment. Well, that was sort of decided for you. So, but he, I would just go ahead and, you know, not count him in the list. So you got 20 commitments. From a, a class balance standpoint, I like what State's doing. They've got some receivers, which they had to have. They got Griffin, uh, they've got Malik Heath, and they've got, uh, they've got one more. Where is he? Caleb Ducking. Malik Heath has probably been the most highly touted receiver in the state for the past three or four years, going back to when he was at Callaway. Caleb Ducking is an interesting prospect. You know, if nothing else, he fits the bill of the physical look. He's six foot five and 195 pounds. Griffin will be the classic slot receiver, good speed, explosive athlete. Um, so you you got some stuff to work with there. They've got a couple of running backs committed, which they have to have with you know. Regardless of what happens with Kylan Hill, and I, I, I'm right now. If you said Brian make a choice, he's probably back. Well, would you agree with that? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we had that question on the rumblings, but yeah, if, if you made me guess, I'm definitely in that direction. That said, and I've said it on this show, and I will continue to say it. If you know he kind of gets a, a an idea of what teams are thinking in the draft, and he has an opportunity to go, you know, what would you what would you say he needs to go? Like if he thinks he's in the first three four rounds. Oh, if you think you're in the first three or four rounds, you then, should yeah, go. Yeah, you got to go. You should go. As a running back. Because we've talked about it. Yeah, you only got mi- so many the, miles. The mileage that you got on, then you got to go. Um, me saying that now, though, makes you think, I think he could get in the first three or four rounds, don't you? I don't know, because running backs are so. I mean, let's look at it like this Alvin Kamara went in the third round. Yeah. And that's the kind of talent you can find there. I mean, there's just not a lot of market for running backs anymore. 
You know, if you think about the top 10 running backs in the draft, would he be one of them? Because that's, that's it. To go back to Kamara, his collegiate numbers weren't. Well, he wasn't the primary back. Yeah. And also knew, <laughs> knew they didn't have a lot of tread on the tires. But at the same time, when the Saints drafted him, I remember it being a head scratcher because yeah. we thought, why are they getting, they need this, that, and the other. I mean, Kylan could lead the SEC in rushing this year. He could, but Benny Snell led it last year. Where did he go? That's true. That's true. You know, I don't, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know the answer to that. Let me see. Benny Snell, I, I don't think he was a top four round pick. Let me, I can, let's find out. That's not what we wanted to do. I guess I just blindly trusted you by saying true. Because yeah. I just trust your NFL draft knowledge. He was the, he was picked in the fourth round, 122nd pick overall. Uh, had a lot more tape out there and a lot more production than Kylan Hill had. I mean, he rushed for almost fourth. He he had a lot more tread on the tires though. So there's one way we're looking at. It. He had 737 carries in his career in his three years at Kentucky. And I would say that for Kylan anyway, what's the biggest knock on him right now? Pass blocking. I, I think that it, that's probably pass blocking, but at the same time, I don't know that it's. Because if it's pass blocking, that's an issue, right? <laughs> if you're going to NFL, well, not so much because you don't they, have those spread offenses. They, they put, a, I mean, there's not a lot of. They're, they're not. They're not to say that they're not blocking. They're not some plays like that. But a lot of times, they're putting those athletes out in the routes. Yeah. Because they want those guys to create mismatches. Just depends on where you go. And I would think that that would be something that would it benefit be. Kyler. But that said, getting back to recruiting, uh, you know, Jaquavius Marks. One of MSU's highest rated uh, recruits in recent memory. And we'll talk a little bit more about highly rated recruits and why the way states recruit sometimes is sort of interesting. But he's in there. And then Dylan Johnson out of uh, Greenville St. Joseph High School. Listed as an athlete. Right now, I think he's a a, a running back. I think that's where everybody's got him pinned in at. If State were able to get another running back, they might consider moving Dylan Johnson to the defensive side of the ball. The first name that pops into mind is Johnson's teammate at Greenville St. Joe, Trey Benson, who's currently committed to Oregon. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. State's also got, you know, we know that they need defensive linemen, and they've done a, a decent job there. Jordan Davis, uh, Ben Key, and Armandus Cooley, Trey Lawson. Cooley is a uh, high school guy, but the other three guys are JUCO guys. So you've gotten, you know, you've, you've sort of brought in some guys who can, you know, bridge the gap for you as terms of, of the depth chart. Because right now we, we, we've been talking about you know, there's no juniors and sophomores; it's seniors and freshmen. Yeah. Now you're bringing in some guys who can you know, and maybe you can get lucky with one of those guys and maybe redshirt him, and, and give him an extra year. So that's something to look at. But like I said, the balance of this class I like. Now, from a talent standpoint, it's not overly different than a Dan Mullen class. And you know, right now it's current. The, the, the Bulldogs are currently ranked twentieth. Once everybody fills up their classes, they'll probably drop down a few notches. They'll be in the 25 to 27 range, if I had to guess, barring something unusual happening, you know, adding a couple of more four-star kids, which I don't know that you necessarily foresee. So from a talent standpoint, it's not overly different than Mullen, but I feel like it's, it's, it's better thought out than Mullen's classes. Is that fair? Yeah, because, I mean, all you got to do is look at the current roster to see that old Danny boy left some some uh, room and some things to be desired when it came to a uh, spreading it out standpoint. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it does seem to be better planned out. Um, you don't really look at this class and think, well, there's a hole here or a hole there. Um, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think for if you're looking at it from just a pure filling up the depth chart positional standpoint, I mean, you have to be pleased with, with this. Um I still think, though, for – I mean, if Mississippi State is ever going to take that next step, 
stars matter. They just do. Yeah. You got to get above that 25 range that they just seem to be perpetually stuck in. I mean, is that even possible in the state of Mississippi to get above? Well, I guess it is because right up the road, I mean, I know that Ole Miss did not recruit to the positions like we're talking about. I mean, they, they just recruited a bunch of five star receivers and, you know, right. did that. They, they didn't, didn't exactly have the, the class balance. Yes, they didn't have, have any of that. Um, is there any way to have the class balance and have that top tier recruiting class in Starkville? Or, or there or a there was a, a season ago. When you had the, the the incredible amount of talent you had in the state, I um, mean, just looking back at last year, um, let me let me find it here. Um, that's not what I wanted. You know, you think about the amount of defense, especially defensive line that they had last year uh, in the state. Um, the, uh, the 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 linebackers last year was a really, DBs. There, there was a lot of great defensive talent uh, in the state last year. So you know, you look at if state could have signed. Because they didn't get a running back last year, right? They got Lee Witherspoon. Witherspoon, yeah. Right, but they would have rather had Jerry Ely. Yeah, well, that's fair to say. You know, they lost Charles Moore, who you know looks like he's going to be a bust. But regardless, you know, if they could have flipped Byron Young, you know, Brandon Turnage was a guy that you know as a cornerback they needed a cornerback. They signed two. I think they would have rather had Turnage than maybe uh, Martin Emerson. To be totally honest, I could be wrong. Uh, Derek Hall was a guy they thought they were going to get. Obviously, they needed a couple receivers last year and didn't get them, but they, they Dennis Jackson was committed for you know, 35, 40 seconds. And then Jonathan Mingo was a the guy they, they fought with Ole Miss the whole way. But it's difficult to get receivers when Ole Miss is putting guys in the first and second round. I get that. So if, if State had signed, you know, how many four-star players were in the State last year? Hey, hey if Plumlee becomes their full-time starter, it may start getting a little easier to get those receivers. It might be. There were, there were 16 four-star players in the State last year. And in a, in a normal year, I think Brandon Cunningham might have been a four-star guy, too. He was the highest-rated three-star. Um, if you get ten of those guys, and, and State got one, two, three, four, got four of the top 16. If you would gotten ten of the top 16, and then you could have picked and choose your way around out of State to, to fill the needs, you could have had that kind of class. Yeah. The problem is, how many years are you going to have like that? So you look at this year's class. The 2020 class. The top-rated player in the state is McKinley Jackson. McKinley Jackson, would he have been, would have been the 94 point? He would have been the ninth-best player in the state last year. The second-best player in the state this year, according to, this is all according to 24-7, of course, Josiah Hayes. That's the number two player in the state for 2020. The, last year, he would have been the number 14 player in the state. <laughs> So, I mean, you're talking that's a huge discrepancy. Yeah. By the way, the number 14 player in the state was KJ Jefferson, who we saw last Saturday. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be a pretty decent player, assuming he gets some coaching, which I think is on the way. Uh, so, so, yeah, that, that's the key for state is to have a bumper in state crop, get the majority of them, and then you use your out of state recruiting to fill your needs here and there. Because what the thing you need to remember with this, when you look out of state, especially like Louisiana, Texas, Florida, Alabama, those second tier guys, the guys at Alabama and LSU are sort of not going after, are usually a higher quality, are the same kind of quality you're getting from the top tier guys in Mississippi. Yeah. It, when you dig into this, it becomes really obvious. And look, I, I've, I've used, I, back whenever I was not on the beat and did shows, I was one of those guys like, you know, keep the keep the fake and keep the hope that one day Mississippi State can be a national champion in football. 
I'm not saying that they can't ever do that, but man, it's really tough because, like you said, the stars just have to align perfectly. You got to have that Mississippi class just stocked and loaded. Then you have to hit on all of them mm-hmm. and supplement it with other things too. Right. Like it's just the stars have to just be perfectly aligned for you to have, and that's just one class. Yeah. And you and need I to think, stack a couple of good clashes to, to really be in that, that upper echelon. I think an engaged Dan Mullen probably pulls in more guys in that class. Like, looking at the 2019 class, I think a, an engaged Dan Mullen. Now, I don't know if he gets Charles Cross. What do you mean? He's in, he was completely engaged, Brian. He never took a phone call for another uh, job. Until, yeah, I didn't take any phone calls. I don't know that he gets Charles Cross, because when Cross flipped to Flor- or committed to Florida State, probably that ship sails. Ely, I think Ely was going to go to Ole. He was committed to Ole Miss when Mullen was here. But I think he holds on to Charles Moore. I think, you know, Brandon Turge was a guy who I think he might have gotten. Uh, Byron Young is a guy he might have gotten. Derek Hall is a guy he might have gotten. Um, he had his quarterback, which was Jalen Jones. And so, talk about something that worked out for the better. And that kid got, you know, kicked out of school. Um, so you probably get like three more guys, you know? I mean, a little bit better. You know, just, I, I think Moorhead just sort of – I'm not trying to make excuses for Joe, but he was put behind the eight ball coming in as quickly – coming at the time he did with that recruiting class. It was just too – it just didn't have the time to make the kind of connections. If this was this year's class, State would probably be doing a lot better. Yeah. I think I'm doing a lot better. Um, going back to MSU's class this year, obviously Jaquavius Marks is a guy I like a lot. I was talking about him tonight. We were talking about the running back situation where Kylan Hill to go pro up in the, the, press, the press room. And I said, you know, if he does, I like Marks to maybe come in and be an immediate contributor because I think he fits what Moorhead wants to do. He's that explosive playback. He's not built like Kylan Hill at all. He's five foot ten, one hundred ninety pounds, but he's the guy who can get out in the open field and make things happen. I think if you had to pick an immediate contributor offensively for next year, Malik Heath is that guy. Yeah, he, he has to come in and be, he has to be what we thought you were getting with Stephen Gidry. He has to be a true number one receiver. If you can get that, you got some options there. Sebastian Dolcin, the big offensive guard out of Colin, I think he's a guy who, you know, will be in the rotation, sort of the same way LaQuinston Sharp was this year. You know, LaQuinston Sharp looks like he's not going to redshirt now just because of the injury situations. Yeah. Sort of made that untenable, but it is what it is. Defensively, you know, obviously these defensive linemen are going to comp- contribute. Benjamin Key, Trey Lawson is a guy they sort of hope has the same profile as a uh, Montez Sweat. He's built like him. Similar situation, kicked out of a, of a Power 5 university, has sort of re, re-imagined or re, reinvigorated himself uh, at the JUCO level. And then uh, I'm leaving one guy out, aren't I? I'm scanning. Let's see. Lawson, Key. Did you say Banks? No, Banks is a high school kid. Jordan Davis, I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking about JUCO. I'm yeah, sorry. Juke, Jordan Davis, who is the nation's number one defensive end. They hope that he can come in again, have a sort of a similar impact that Montez Sweat, Chauncey Rivers, maybe like a Danico Autry, who, who wasn't the most – he wasn't the best college player, but he was a solid college player in his time at Mississippi State. Those guys are going to have to contribute pretty pretty quickly. And then everybody else looks like they're going to be a redshirt candidate. Maybe a Janari Dean could be a good enough athlete. State's going to need some help in the safety position, but he's a big kid. He's six foot and 190 pounds right now. He might he might put on enough weight to become a linebacker. Tyus Wheat, the JUCO linebacker out of Colin, 6'2", 235. They, they really like him. I think that's a guy who, who will contribute next year. And then, you know, the highest rated uh, – player in the state according to just 24-7, not the composite, but just 24-7, is the cornerback out of Grenada, Emmanuel Forbes, who, you know, when you look at it next year, I think Dancer's going to go pro. I saw a mock draft today. I think it was pro football focus that had him going in the first round. Uh, so he's probably going to go ahead yeah. and head out. 
And so, you know, you've got Emerson, you've got Jones, you've got Tyler Williams. There's an opportunity there to be the fourth cornerback. I think Reed and Furge have just sort of been recruited over at this point, and they'll they'll either you know move on with their careers or they'll just be special teams players and depth guys. Forbes has an opportunity to come in and play right away. So I like the class. I think it's a solid class up and down the uh, the lineup, but the question becomes who who are you going to add to it? And right now, if you said you know who is State looking at right now in terms of who they're going to add, obviously Xavier Hill is a name people have heard a lot of. Uh, you know the big offensive lineman out of Alabama who was committed to Alabama, and from all, from all indications, from what I can I've read on twenty four seven and reading that stuff, he actually decommitted from Alabama. This was not a they dropped him that he decommitted, and he, state I think feels good about him and their, their chances there. You have Rodney Gross, who is the big linebacker committed to Nebraska. Uh, when Mississippi State lost to Marion McDonald, they sort of re up their pursuit of Rodney Gross. So if they can get him that to flip, that would be a good thing. Edger and Cooper is another name to watch, a big linebacker out of uh, Louisiana. He's currently committed to Oklahoma. It would be something interesting to commit to Oklahoma and then flip to Mississippi State. It's happened before, but it would be weird. Um, and, of course, he, he you know a few weeks ago they thought maybe he was going to make a move to Mississippi State. Then LSU came in with an offer, and a Louisiana kid and an LSU offer just sort of goes where it is. But if you read 24-7 again, what Gene and – sorry, what Steve and, uh, and Paul are saying – LSU looks like they offered him, but they're not going to have room for him. So does he want to play a little closer to home? And, of course, State has a great Louisiana pipeline. So, you know, I, I think State will end up around 24 commitments, 25 commitments. And there's also the name Jamarek Woods. That's a name to remember. A grad transfer out of Michigan, another safety. State's had some success with the grad transfer route as of late. And another thing to remember is you can sort of add Alan Love to this class because he's, you know, he's academic. And Kareem Walker could technically be added to this class, too. Guys who are going to you know add some depth next year. Talking to Joe Moorhead at a pra- after practice on Wednesday, he was raving about Kareem Walker. That he really is, he really looks the part, and he's going to be a guy that he thinks can make a big contribution next season when he's coming off of this academic redshirt. Now I'm I mean, on the record; he, he's committing, he's competing for a starting job if Kylan leaves. Well, yeah, for sure. And even if he's not, you know, I think he's he can be the, the, the number two back. He can play Nick Gibson's role. Yeah, you know, because with Witherspoon, I like Lily Witherspoon, but. I, I, I hate to say that I'm disappointed, but I, I thought I'd see at least one flash of this incredible ability he had. Nick Chubb. Yeah. That's, I, what, I, that's what they told you know, us I mean, back he, in August. He's had a couple of, of decent runs, but I mean, I haven't seen – and not that he's had a whole ton of opportunities, but in the opportunities he's had, I haven't seen him get loose and make a big run or anything like that. That makes me go, oh, wow, look at that guy. So I think you've got a, a good class. And we haven't really mentioned Will Rogers, the quarterback who's committed to Mississippi State, who, you know – his road to play is a long way away, obviously, with Schrader in front of him. You're talking about a guy who would probably probably play as a junior at best. Uh, well, and you never know. I mean, if, well, you if never everybody, know. everybody leaves the quarterback room and you're left with Schrader and Rodgers. Well, yeah, but I mean, he, he would play as a redshirt, but you would hope to not have to play him very much. Yeah. And then, of course, with him, looking into the future, you've got Luke Altmeyer here in Starkville in the 2021 class and Ty Keyes down in Taylorsville, who everybody wants, you know, Will Rogers has the opportunity. I thought not that he's not a good player, and not that he doesn't have he's not going to have his chances. But there, there, Ty Keys is a more highly rated guy, and if State gets him, he will probably be the quarterback. He would probably be next in line behind Trader, if I had to guess. But that's twenty twenty one. We're a ways off from that. Is this class missing anything in your opinion? Nothing jumps out. I mean, the 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 more you look at it. I, no, I mean I'm not saying that it's a perfect class. I mean, you, but 
I don't really see any obvious holes here. I, anything that you just look at and you think, gosh, they really missed the boat there. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I mean, in my in my opinion, it's pretty balanced. I think. Yeah. The only thing I think it's it's it lacks. And you know, I, I'm excited to see Malik Heath, but I wish that there was a true, like, can't miss guy wide receiver. Which state has not had a whole lot of success, you know, recruiting. And I, I get that. And they're not going to until they start putting wide receivers into the pros, or at least showing that they're they're going to give opportunities to wide receivers. Well, there's you know, when state can get a receiver who's catching 50 plus passes, that will translate into getting more receivers. But that to me is the only thing they, they sort of lack. Well, I mean, I, I guess some of these guys that are that are listed as athletes could change it, but there's only one linebacker committed. That's true. That's true. I think when you look at the uh, and they would like, like I said, they they're still after Gross and Cooper. Um, and I think when you look at uh, a couple of these guys, like Jaden Wally, I mean, he could grow into that. He's six foot one, one hundred eighty pounds. Maybe probably, might probably a safety. Janari Dean, I think, will definitely grow into a linebacker for sure. I think he's just too big. Uh, and you know, Javon Banks could be maybe a big outside linebacker, but he's probably going to grow into an end. To be totally honest, I mean, they've got some guys that they have some room with, but for the most part, Weed is the guy. And then you see what happens with Janari Dean. I think. Dean could probably be more like that star, but be a more physical version than what, than what you've got with Brian Cole. I like Brian Cole, but he's not the most physical football player in the yeah. world. We'll see what happens. But I th like I said, it's, it, this is a very typical MSU class in terms of talent, but they're, they're, they're balancing it at least. And it looks like the roster, the, some of the holes in the roster are going to get fixed. Like I don't want to make excuses for Joe, and I don't think Dan Mullen would be four and five right this second. But there are some holes in this roster that you've had, and the suspensions have sort of amplified those. So it just sort of is what it is. And, and it's important for MSU to recruit well, but the bottom half of the class is so important to MSU. They have to hit on three or four guys. They have to find, of their mid-three-star guys, at least two or three of them need to become real stars. Your Dak Prescotts, Dylan Days, Josh Robinson, Elton Jenkins, Nick Fitzgerald-type players. I mean, that, that's the pathway. I was, talk, I was talking about earlier the pathway to state being – that upper echelon again, that national contender again. Right. And it's to have one of those really good classes and back that up with a class that's, you know, kind of a normal Mississippi State class, but some of those three stars hit. Yeah. I mean, that, then all of a sudden you do start having those two or three in a row classes of either good players or players that overperformed. That's when State can get on that next level. Yeah. So you're, you're right. Uh, State's got to find – in hope, I guess, is maybe the big word, that some of the three stars just, you know, explode, become those, those that next generation of Mississippi State star that just uh, – and credit Dan Mullen and company. Those guys, they were pretty darn good at getting a three-star and turning him into yeah. – They used to say they're, all the time, get a three-star, turn him into a five-star by the time they leave. Their development they was never that. in question. Yeah. It was it – was, we always wondered what would they do if they got five stars and then turned them into what, you know. So looking at State – and 24-7 has this pretty cool thing of their all-time football recruits. In the, if, based on recruiting rankings that 24-7's piled up, and obviously 24-7 wasn't a company and, you know, until like five years ago. So there, there's a lot of scouting here, a lot of rivals, some ESPN. State has only signed seven five-star players in their composite five-star players in their history. For comparison, Clemson has six committed right now for their, their, their 2020 class. Uh, Charles Cross is one of them. Jeffrey Simmons is one of them. Pegues. Darren Williams, Jarius Norwood, Chris Jones, and State's highest-rated recruit based on these kind of uh, ratings is Delwan Robinson. Good player, but you would not have thought he, you know, you, you would have thought would have thought it was Chris Jones, uh, but he's but by a few percentage points, it's not. But when you go through this list, and let's just go through some of these names. 
Like I said, Delwan Robinson was a good player at Mississippi State. Really good player. Had a, a good pro career as well. Chris Jones, good player. Great player, maybe you say. And having a great pro career. Norwood was an all-time great. Darrell Williams was a bust. You know, God rest his soul, but he was a bust at Mississippi State. Don't know anything about Charles Cross yet. I, I've been on the record. Jeffrey Simmons, to me, is the second greatest player in MSU football history. I, I, I will give him that high a praise. Pegues was a really good player for Mississippi State. Now you're talking about these four-star kids. Listen to some of these names and, and tell me what they did for Mississippi State. Marvin Birdsong. Yeah. Culberson was a good player. Quentin Culberson, good player. Not a great player. Jamal Peters. I mean, Jamal Peters, at the end of the day, was a bust. You know, a four-star. He was the number three safety in the country. I think the two guys in front of him are in the NFL. Let me double-check that. But they are. Yeah, Deontay Thompson was number two, and Derwin James was number one. Those guys are in the NFL now. Um, Leo Lewis has not really lived up to his recruiting hype. Nathan Pickering's just a freshman. Willie Gay, it's sort of difficult to tell with him, you know. Danico Autry was a good but not great college football player. Clarence McDougal was never the same player after his injury. Donovan Davis was a bust. No question about it. Quay Evans, bust. Damian Robinson, bust. My man Chad Bumpus, not a bust. All SEC performer. Uh, Charles Mitchell was a, a very solid starter for a couple years. You know, maybe he maybe a little overhyped as a recruit, but as a as a player, he was good. Mm-hmm. Nick Turner, I think he's dead too. God rest his soul, but a bust. Uh, Nick James. I mean, based on his recruiting ranking, he's a bust. You, know, you, you sign a uh, four-star, number 17, you know, top 200 player in the country, you expect a little bit more than one year of starter. Devontae Jason's on this list. He's the number 26 player all-time, bust. Chasman Davis is a bust. Uh, you know, Fletcher Adams, his season is over. His career is over. So, you know... I wouldn't say he was a bust, but he was, you know, at best a role player for Mississippi State. Keaton Thompson's on this list, the highest-rated quarterback. You know, probably not going to ever do anything for Mississippi State. Uh, Fletcher Cox is on this list at 31. I'll say he's undervalued. At 32, D. Arrington. Injuries derailed his career. Ashton Shumpert, he was a bust. Uh, Lewis Ellis was a bust. Calvin Wilson was a bust. Robert Elliott, injuries derailed him. Um, so, I mean, this is just the top 40. The last guy on the top 40 is Montreal Connor. He was a bust. So you see what I'm talking about here. State has signed so many four-star kids through the years. Of that 40, how many All-SEC guys are in there? Chris Jones, Norwood, uh, Simmons and Pegues. Leo Lewis is a freshman All-SEC, but I'm not going to count him. Yeah. Willie Gay, not an All-SEC. Uh, Bumpus was All-SEC, so there's five. Was Charles Mitchell ever All-SEC? He might have been as, a, as like a senior. Maybe. So I'll say six. We'll say six just to beat you. We'll be, we'll Your be. memory on all this is so much better than mine. That's why I'm just kind of staying silent over Fletcher here. Cox is seven. Pernell McPhee is on this list, so eight. Fred Ross is on this list, nine. So nine out of 40 all-SEC players. I mean, that's less than 25% of your high-end recruits are hitting. You think about State, the best teams they've had over the last decade – They've been led by three-star guys, you know, or low or really low four-star guys. So, you know, and just you can keep going down this list, and there's just a bunch of guys that are just not, you know, I mean, some of these names are I remember some of these guys, and you're just like, oh my lord. You know, Cord Sandberg's on the list, never played a down for Mississippi State. Reggie Odom. Do you remember anything about Reggie Odom? No. No, neither do I. Uh Markel McKinley never did anything. You know, one of the McKinley brothers from where 
Alvin and Dennis had great careers. Markell didn't do much of anything. Choctaw County. Yeah. Rory Johnson, he signed with Mississippi State. Then he went to Hines. Then he went to Ole Miss. He states, you know, he's on this list. Odell Bradley. Oh, my God. How is he? Odell Bradley. You want to talk about the inexact science of recruiting? Odell Bradley, one of the worst corners I've ever seen, was a four star. <laughs> I, this is a true story. My, uh, my cousin, I have a cousin who lives in Texas, and she had a son who was, he got some Juco offers playing football out there. And, uh, we were at my, this is at my father's funeral. We were just talking about football. And, and, this, the kid goes, my, 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 my trainer work, went to Mississippi State. He played football there. Oh, really? What was his name? Odell Bradley. And me and Stephen Gastelli just looked at him and was like, don't listen to anything he says. <laughs> just go the other way with that. So, And then look at it. Odell Bradley is ahead of Derek Sherrod. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. And I, I believe stars matter when you recruit them in bulk. So when you sign, if you sign five five-stars and ten four-stars, and one of the five-stars is an All-American, and four of the four-stars, three of the four-stars are All-SEC, you're fine. But when you've signed seven five-stars in your school's history, you need all of them to hit. Yeah. Yeah. When, no, when, you're, no. when you're signing three or four four-stars a year, you need at least two to hit. <laughs> and that's why it's just so important for MSU. When you, when I look at this class for Mississippi State, when I look at the the, the, the top – Top the top to bottom, for me. Let me get the name here. Let me, let me pick a name. Just looking at their recruiting rankings, everybody from Janari Dean down, you need to have maybe three stars in there. And I don't mean three star players. I mean three star players. You need Javon Banks, Trey Lawson, Armandus Cooley, maybe even a little further up. To be honest with you, just looking at the class, you might you might start with you know Javorius Selman and go down from there. Because you definitely need Will Rogers to be a star. Because he's your quarterback. So very important for MSU to hit on some of these three-star guys. That's that's the key to MSU success. Because they will never sign four- and five-star guys in bulk. Yeah. Unless there's another year like 2019 where that you can, you've got the continuity in the state. And you've been winning. And there's a big class in the state. Then you can get that kind of class. Talking like that, it almost seems like state is pretty much... Like there's just a glass ceiling in recruiting for state. Like it is, apart from just the, like we said earlier, the stars lining up. So right. I, I, I don't. Well, but in, te- in 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 theory, there is a ceiling for Mississippi State because they can only recruit so well. The way they get past that is finding those diamonds in the rough. That's what they. That's how they got past it in 2014, 2015. They found an elite quarterback amongst everybody else missing out on him. They found. Look at their offensive line in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, no, no NFL guys in there. I mean, D- Dylan Day, I think, is still in the NFL. He's, he's, he's on practice squads. Whatever. I think Blaine Clausell may be the same. But no, I always say the thing, same thing about Blaine Clausell. St- he was basically a three-year starter at left tackle for Mississippi State in the SEC. Normally, if I say a guy guy's a three-year starter for an SEC team, he's going to be one of the top five picks in the draft. And I think he went – did he even go drafted? I don't, I don't think know if he did or not. But that's what State has to have. You know, that, that line – Clausell was like a two, two low three star guy. Dylan Day was a high two star, low three star guy. That state got it on the on signing day itself. Ben Beckwith was a walk on. Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of guys state needs to have come up. They need to hit on the state's far more likely to hit on three diamonds in the rough in a signing class than they are to get three four star kids and they're all pan out. Yeah. So, and it's also the same in state. I mean, it, I, we said it's important to recruit the state and this, that, and the other. 
But when you look at the state of Mississippi and the top 10 players year to year, I mean, for the most part, not good. Not good. Let me, let me just give you an example here. Um, and I, I've done this before. I've, I've gotten into long arguments on, uh, on message boards about this stuff. But let's just go back. You know, we'll go 2014. We'll start there. You argue? I know, right? Look at the top, top five players. Let's do the top five players in the state. State didn't get anybody that year in the top five. Rod Taylor, decent player for Ole Miss. The guy was the number two offensive guard in the country. You would expect him to be all the SEC once, right? But he wasn't. C.J. Hampton was a bust, absolute bust. Markel Pack, what did he do in four years at Ole Miss? Nothing. Breland Speaks was a good player. I know state fans don't like him, and that's fine, but he, I mean, he was a good player for Ole Miss, and he got to the pros. Devin Voorhees, to my knowledge, has not done anything at LSU. Uh, the number one player at state got that year was Jamoral Graham. You know, bust. The best player of this group, Speaks is probably number one. Aris Williams is number two. Then you have Gary Green at eight. Good player for MSU. Sammy Epps did nothing at Ole Miss. Jesse Jackson didn't do very much at Mississippi State. You go to 15. 15 was a pretty good year for Mississippi, the state of Mississippi. You had a lot of top-end talent in the state. Number one player in the state was Javon Patterson. Again, the number three offensive guard in the country. Simon Ole Miss, was he ever all SEC? No. Jamal Peters, we just described him. Leo Lewis, we already talked about him. Fletcher Adams, already talked about him. Malik Deer. That's your top five players in the state. There's not one guy who was all SEC past his freshman year. Armani Linton was six. Not any good. Tommy Champion is still in college at 20, the 2015 team. He's a, he's a backup for Mississippi State. Tim Washington's a backup. Willie Hibbler, I don't even know where he is. I don't think he's still at Ole Miss. And then Gabe Campbell signed up with Oklahoma, and the injuries derailed him, and he, uh, he had to, to go. The 16 class is, one of, is, the, is the outlier. Those kids are good. You look at that class, most of those kids have hit. Jeffrey Simmons, first-round pick. He, he was all right. Yeah, Benito Jones has been a good player for Ole Miss. Not a, you would think he's been better than you know he's a, he was a five star kid. So maybe he, you, I hate to qualify him as a bust, but he has not lived up to being a five star. AJ Brown, great player. Nigel Knott, bust. Raquan Davis, great player. Going to be a, probably a first round pick this year. DK Metcalf, he's tearing up the NFL right now. Then you get a little further down though. Octavius Cooley hasn't really done anything at Ole Miss. Scott Lashley, we all know what's going on there. Kobe Jones is a starter, and Marquise Spencer is a starter. So at least you got two starters there. So I mean, and I, you know, seventeen, eighteen, so on and so forth. It's basically this way every year. Yeah. The state of Mississippi produces a bunch of four and five star kids who don't do anything in college. And I promise you, going if I go back to thirteen, it's worse. Hell, I'm going to do it now. I've talked myself into it. The thirteen class. The, obviously, the number one player was. Uh, was Chris Jones, and he panned out for Mississippi State. All-SEC player. Tony Connor, injuries totally derailed his career at Ole Miss. Kalo Moore did nothing at Ole Miss. Ashton Shumpert was a bust at Mississippi State. And if you're a big fan of Ashton Shumpert, or if you're Ashton Shumpert yourself, just, you know, he wasn't a bust. He rushed for like 1,800 yards in his career. When you sign the number 16 running back in the country, four-star player, and in his first game, by the way, he rushed for 100 yards, I think he rushed for 99, but regardless. You just sort of expect more. You just do. Ryan Buchanan was number five player in the state that year. Did nothing at Ole Miss. Jake Thomas, injuries totally derailed his career. Deion Mix, decommitted from state, went to Auburn. You never heard from him again. Brandon Wells came to state. Don't know that he actually showed up on the stat sheet at any point. Uh, Gabe Miles was number nine. Had a decent career at Mississippi State. Number 10 player in the state that year went to ULL. 
The number 11 player in the state that year went to Alcorn. Who, who's the next guy? If you look in the top 20, the top 20 players that year, I would say Dylan Bradley had a good career at USM. Derek Jones had a good career at Ole Miss. He, I think he had a cup of coffee in the NFL. But, I mean, you know, nothing great. Jamal Claiborne was a couple – he started for a couple years at Mississippi State. Number, I mean, remember I was saying a few minutes ago that it had 16 four-stars in the state for 2019? In 2013, the number 18 player in the state was a three-star at .8341, so a low three-star. That tells you the, the, the gap there. So, I mean, just not – Tony Bridges had a – he was okay at Ole Miss. And then he went to junior college. So, this state, as good as it produces some good players, but there's a lot of busts. A lot of busts. So that's why state has to recruit so many players out of state. It's just, it's a really tough job as a recruiter for Mississippi State. It just is. There's no way around that. So, all right. I feel like I talked a lot. Well, you had to today if we were going to talk about talk that. about recruiting. Uh, that's just the. I mean, not to mention the fact that your your mind and your memory. Mm. Not that I went and fact checked you. I'm not going to be like CNN and go back and. Oh, I'm sure somebody will say something. I, I'm sure probably just the nature of talking. You may have, you know, missed something here, there, yonder, but your memory is so good with this kind of stuff, and yeah. mine is not. And you pay, honestly, you pay a ton more attention to recruiting than I do. I mean, I, I, I stay familiar with it enough yeah. for what I need to do, but you, you stay locked in on it. So, this was mostly thunder on thunder and lightning today. The lightning was just kind of flashing in the distance. Gotcha. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. Have a great uh, Thursday. Back with you on Friday to preview Mississippi State versus Sam Houston State. I think we'll also take a little extended look at LSU-Alabama tomorrow. We'll sure. talk a little bit about the Tigers and the Crimson Tide, just, just to change it up One a of bit. the four differences in our picks this week. Yeah, for sure. Good. Separation Saturday. Separation Saturday is coming. Guys, have a great one. Talk to you again. Uh, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo! Brian Haydad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Yeah. Talk Mississippi Media Production.